Welcome, everybody, to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. I'm Dustin Rubio, part of the Limitless Leadership team and youth pastor at City Church Swansea. And I'm Tim Alford, National Director of Limitless and volunteer youth leader at the Source Church Malvern. And this is a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think, and grow. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. I am delighted to be joined today by a good friend of mine, the Reverend Carl Johnson. Hello, Carl. Welcome to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Yeah, good to be here. Hey, everybody. Uh, So, Carl, before we get into today's uh, topic, tell us a little bit about your journey in ministry, in youth ministry, uh, being involved as well in the Limitless Leadership team for a season, and uh, what you're doing now. Okay, great. So, um, for me, I've been in full-time ministry now since um, 2006. Um, I studied for a year at Bible College doing the very first ever youth track that uh, the Serious for God team started. And that was great, great experience, great to get away for that time. And then uh, got an opportunity to go to Glasgow and and the Elam Church there and serve as full-time youth pastor. And that was just a great opportunity, a great place to go and just kind of learn your trade, learn your craft as a minister, work with some amazing young people, and, and really had the pleasure of working some great senior leaders while I was there as well. Um, very different styles, way of doing ministry that gave me just a great glimpse into what ministry looked like. Um, and, and it was, was during that time that you came onto the Limitless, or as it was then, Serious for God yeah, leadership right. team. And yeah. what was your role? So originally, when I first came onto that team, I was one of the regional coordinators. Um, and that was great, just being able to connect with youth leaders around around Scotland, um, and begin to encourage them and, and running the what was in the Scottish Youth Camp as well and, and just you know spending time with young people that was great I loved doing that and also I think what I enjoyed about that role was hanging out with other youth leaders as well and gathering with guys and girls who were doing the same job around the country and so times when you get to hang out together find out different ways of connecting youth leaders um, being part of that team was, was really really great fun Brilliant, brilliant. And just to stop there to say, if you're listening to this and you're in an Elam church, there is a leader in your region who is there to help you and to support you and to serve you. And you can contact them through the limitlesselim.co.uk website. So after that time, Carl, you moved to Budley yep. uh, to, to lead the church there. Tell us a little bit about that time. Yeah, so I think for towards my end of my time in Glasgow, you know, we were serving under a great leader, but I found myself being, uh, I think, probably a little bit frustrated by, you know, serving somebody else and actually feel like God was asking me now to step up and lead myself. And so for me and my family, we, we made that decision that it was right to move back down south and take on our own church. And we moved into Budley, a town that we had been to once before, um, but didn't know lots about. And, and just took on a, a, a relatively small church, compared certainly compared to where we were in Glasgow. And, and we just had three and a half amazing years serving that community, serving those people. And, and by God's grace, he, the, 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 the church grew, and we were able to bring on other staff alongside us to help us bring on a youth leader to work alongside us as well. And, uh, and that was just a really good season for, for us in, in Budley. And then that time came to an end, which leads us to what you're doing now, which is... And now I'm the um, senior leader of um, the Letchworth Garden City Church and um, just a very different environment to anything I've ever experienced. We we, we run, um, not only run a, a large church, but we have a conference center, we have a school as well, uh, multiple staff and just lots of challenges that come with that. But I'm really enjoying the, the fresh challenge and fresh opportunities that, that come with that. And all of that, Carl, means that you are really ideally positioned to talk into the subject we want to discuss on the Limitless Leadership podcast today, which is 
working as a youth leader with senior pastors and church leadership teams. Uh, so we want to explore how we how we build a he- healthy relationship with our senior leaders and, and what it looks like to lead up and uh, what happens when there are tensions and uh, within that kind of team and within that relationship. Uh, and you have the perspective of both of both the youth leader uh, working under a, a senior pastor and, and, and as a senior pastor with a youth leader on your team. So you can speak really well into that. So talk to us about what are the what do you think are the keys to building a healthy and a fruitful relationship with our senior leaders? I think the first thing I would say is be yourself. That that for me that would be the most important thing. I think sometimes we can, particularly when we step into a new role and we're getting to know somebody new or a new environment, we we can kind of fall into this temptation of trying to be somebody else. And actually, the most important thing is to be yourself. It's way more fun to be yourself. You'll enjoy it far more if you're yourself. And actually, you'll you'll begin to build something that's going to be really fruitful, not just for a year or a couple of years, but actually for many many years if you just begin to operate as yourself and work out your ministry um, as yourself. So I would say in, in, in any environment, particularly I think um, as, a, as a young leader going into, into a church environment, um, just be, be yourself would be, the, would be one of the most important factors. Can, can I jump in there? Because yeah, ju- we'll just go straight, straight into the deep end, I yeah. think. Because um, that is wise advice. But what happens when y- you, you do that as a youth leader and you're seeking to be authentic to who you are and the gifts that God has given you, but your senior pastor has a different expectation of uh, who you should be, what your priorities should be, what your skill set should be. What do you do then? Is there like a a tension where you feel like uh, you compromise on your authenticity in order to serve better? Um, What do you do in, in that stage? Well, I think in any in any in any environment, particularly when you're getting to know a senior leader for for the first time, you're feeling them out, they're feeling you out. You begin to understand one another. There's got to be a measure of grace in that season for one another as you begin to adapt adapt to each other. I think when I say be yourself, what I'm referring to, what I'm getting at is you're going to stand out more if you're trying to be somebody else, and and that's going to people are going to begin to see through that. So you've got to be authentic to your personality, authentic to your gift mix all those things, but you've got to work with your senior leader too. When you've walked into the, the, the role that you've walked into, particularly if it's a full-time role, I guess it'd be a little bit different if it's a volunteer, but particularly in a full-time context, the, there's going to be a clear job description, there's going to be clear expectations, and so you'll understand the measure of that when you're going into the role, and hopefully you'll have had some conversations, they'll have got to know you. I'm a very relational person, so anybody I'm looking to bring onto my team, I'm going to have spent time with them yeah. relationally, not just in a formal interview, but also relationally over dinner, getting to know them, understanding them. And so hopefully some of those things will be worked through before you even get into that role. Um, but actually in that in those early months, there's got to be a season of grace in understanding one another. Yeah, okay, that's helpful. So um, w- what are the other keys then? We, we're talking about being yourself, we're talking about a season of grace. And uh, well, I guess it's not just a season of grace, is it? No, we're, absolutely. we're gracious with one another. We're, uh, you know, there's in, in any relationship, there'll always be t- tensions and, and we, we offer grace to one another. 
what what else is key to building a healthy relationship in that context? I think one of them is I just hinted to it a few moments ago. It's it's, it's learning to be relational, um, okay. and I think I, you know I said already I'm a very relational person, but but I, I fully understand that actually there might be some leader um, senior leaders that actually are maybe not so relational, um, and but I th- I think we've got to probably take a little bit of a risk and learn to be relational and 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 Im- and have those kind of deeper moments with some of our senior leaders that actually that becomes a strong foundation that we can build on with them and and sometimes that means you've got to take a risk um, and invite them out socially and whether it just be for, for for a coffee or for a meal or something or invite them into your home for for some dinner and actually just begin to oh, put that hand out you know if it doesn't go so well don't take it personally I think you know just well done for taking a risk of that and well done for for having a go at trying to build something relationally with a senior leader but certainly for me um, and I- in my experience, that that's always been something I've tried to do and work hard at doing with people I've served, um, who I've served under, but also those that, that, that serve me as well. I, I think that's a, re- a really, really good point because um, there is the danger that as the youth leader who's, who's not necessarily the person in charge of the church and you are serving under a senior leader... The, the, the danger is and the mistake we can make is that we think it's all on them yeah. to build the relationship. Right. But what you're describing here is actually to be proactive about yeah. building that relationship. Don't just wait for the senior pastor to, to take the initiative in that. Do it yourself. Be the person that you know says, can we, can we get, grab a coffee? Be the person that invites them over for a meal. You know, be, be proactive. Take that initiative. I think that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. Uh, uh, one of the things I often say to my team is I love people who take initiative, yeah. who, who think ahead and, and have a go and initiate something. And, and it's the same with me. I want them to initiate something with me. Often senior leaders have got multiple different things going through their minds. They've got churches, whatever size of people that they're, they're trying to look after and, and, and pastor and also build relationships with too. And I think you know where you can lend a hand and initiate something with them is going gonna, is gonna to bear good fruit in your relationship with them. Yeah, fantastic. Any other things that are important in building a healthy relationship? I think for me, some of the things that have probably been more noticeable recently is be respectful of your senior leader's time. Um, they, they often they're very busy, different pressures. And so if you've got a scheduled meeting with them, just be prepared. It's one of the things I always try to work hard at whenever I met with my senior leader. I, I didn't want to just go with the things that they asked me to come with prepared, but I went with some other things too um, that I was thinking through that I thought might be beneficial to the youth ministry or to the wider church to show that I was thinking about those things and often they're well rewarded those moments particularly if you respect the the senior leaders time that you use your time wisely you spend with them learn to communicate well don't just jump in with with all sorts of ideas but actually take your senior leader on a on a process of that journey as well yeah and we'll unpack that last point yeah, a, sure. a little bit more later on but I think that what you've said there is is another I mean it's another really good point Carl uh, I say for example I, I say to, m- to my staff when we I meet with my staff each individually on, on a Monday morning one after the other and I say to them um, that's that's your meeting so that's your agenda yeah. you you come with the agenda I think that's a really good point um, sometimes when again when when we think it's the senior leader's responsibility but again take that initiative be Sorry. proactive Pre- prepare some questions for them have some some thoughts and and also I, uh, this is one thing I think is really important, Carl. I, I don't, kn- I don't know what you think. Share the 
the stories of what God is doing. Yeah. Or else the danger is um, it's almost like you're going to a genie asking <laughs> for another favor. Yeah. But actually be really I- intentional about when, when you sit down with your senior pastor saying, Can I, do you mind if I just take five minutes to tell you about what happened at youth on Friday with this? Because that, those, that, that's the reason you're employed is to see, right. it's to see lives change. And otherwise it just becomes about ask, 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 ask. But share the stories. Do you, do you think that's an important thing to do? It, it is. And, and I mean, you, it, it works differently in different contexts. So you've you got to work out how this works best for you. But in our context, as a staff team, we meet every Monday morning. And one of the first things that we will do is process the weekend. We'll review the weekend. We'll review what's happened from Friday night youth or whatever night it may have been over the weekend, the different activities we've been in. So we want to hear those stories because <laughs> ministry can be hard. It can be hard going. There can be a lot of knocks. Yeah. And so the moments that do come, you want to celebrate them and celebrate them well, give thanks to God for them as a team because they build faith in one another. The, the other thing just that I want to point out on that as well is is when you when you're um, planning perhaps a scheduled meeting with your with your senior leader or he's invited you in, but and you've got some questions, send them in advance. You know because actually it give That's it honors good. it honors your senior leader if you're saying hey there's some questions I want to ask you but I want to just give you some time to think about them rather than catching you off guard That's because I'll because really uh, ultimately it's to your benefit that you get the best out of your senior leader. Yeah. It's to your benefit as the as the as a young leader or as a as a as, as someone employed on team. You want to get the best out of your senior leader. And so anything you can do to prepare them in advance for what you want to talk about is always going to bode well for you. That is such brilliant advice. And I, and I hope our youth leaders listening to this will will, will take that on board. Um, what about honesty and vulnerability in your relationship with your senior pastor? What I mean is this. We're talking about sharing the the good news stories. But what about when you're really going through it? Yeah. What about when you're really struggling? What about when you, and we're, hey, let's face it, we all hit these moments when you are hanging on by, you know, the skin of your teeth and you're this close to giving up and you're thinking, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Um, how honest and vulnerable do you think we should be with our senior leaders in those seasons? And are there some things that actually you think that we shouldn't share with our senior leaders and it's more appropriate to share those things with close friends um, because that's a because potent, maybe that's a burden that the senior leader doesn't need or because maybe you need to do some processing first before having that conversation or do you think it should be all open all vulnerable all real as yeah. you're going through it what, what do you think again i think it really depends on the senior leader you're working under my 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 experience um, of those that I've worked under, I've been very blessed that I've had two senior leaders I've served that I've been able to have that very open um, and honest relationship with. You know, one of the things I, I always appreciated of my senior leaders was that I, every time I hit a tough point or I felt down, my job was never on the line. Or if yeah. I made a mistake, my job wasn't on the line. And I always felt that strong security um, from my senior leader. However, I recognize there might be some that are in a context where they don't necessarily get that. The most important thing is you find an outlet somewhere. Yes. That, that you find a friend somewhere or somebody, a mentor or somebody that you can have that open honest relationship with that would be for me the first and foremost most important thing 
you've also, and I'll refer back to what I said earlier in terms of building that relationship with your senior minister. Sometimes the reason we don't get that open, honest relationship with them is because we've not invited them in as well. And sometimes I think it's good to be honest, begin to just test that relationship and be honest about some things. If you've made a mistake, own your mistake. Absolutely right. Be- because yeah. the worst thing you can do is hide your mistake. And I might unpack that a little bit later as well. Um, you know, nobody, don't hide it because that's not going to bode well. If you make a mistake, own your mistake because Absolutely. that shows honesty, it shows integrity, and it shows you can be trusted. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I always remember when um, when I left um, Glasgow Elim and um, when we were moving to Bewdley, and I remember standing up, we had a farewell service, and I remember standing up and saying to the church, thank you for letting me make my mistakes. And, and, and I always remember that moment because it was a church that I made so many mistakes at different points and they could have got rid of me for, you know, any of them, but they didn't and they stuck yeah. with me. And I think it's because I owned my mistakes and I went on a journey of being honest with them. And, and so I think it depends on different contexts. Yeah. The first and f- the most important thing I'd say is, though, is you've got to be on- honest and open with somebody. Yeah, that, but that's so good and so important about owning your mistakes. I mean, like I've had experience with people who've worked for, m- for me uh, of uh, making mistakes and not owning it or trying to hide it and making mistakes and just putting up their hands and saying, yep, that was me, I feel bad about it and I got it wrong uh, and it was my fault and yeah. I got a lesson from it. The way you respond as a senior leader to those two different reactions is a world apart. Yeah, when absolutely. somebody owns their mistakes, it's just like, it, it's almost like, well done. Yeah. Because everybody makes, I make mistakes, yeah, you make mistakes, all Absolutely. of us make mistakes. And all that's required of us really is to own it and to learn from it. Absolutely. And you, you grow as a result of those yeah. moments. I, I remember one of my big mistakes cost, cost us as a church about two and a half thousand pounds. <laughs> and, and I was, you know, that moment when I had to phone my senior leader and, and confess to something, you know, it's a hard moment. But I grew as a result of that moment. Yeah. I, I didn't make that mistake again. And I wouldn't make that mistake again because you learn as you own those yeah. moments. And he was able to input into yeah. me and help us review those things. Yeah. Brilliant. So, Carl, we're going to talk a little bit about leading up. And for those who are not familiar with this concept, let me just give you a brief introduction to this whole idea of 360-degree leadership, which I think was originated by John Maxwell. Uh, If you imagine a compass, you have a number of points on the compass. uh, And when we think about leadership, we usually think about leading south. So for the youth leader, that might be the people who are on your youth team and the young people that you are leading. But equally important um, is leading out. So that is our peers, the people who might be on the staff team with us. Maybe if you're a youth leader, that might be an associate minister, for example. Uh, but then there's a, the central point of, of the compass, which is about self-leadership, and that's something we've talked about on the podcast before. And then there's the north point on the compass, and that is leading up. And that is that an equally important part of leadership as, as leading the people below us is how we lead and we influence our senior leaders and our senior leadership teams. So what does good leading up require of us as youth leaders? This is a really good question, and and actually this is something I've thought a little bit about and and had a lot of experience about really in in different contexts for me. Um, All my ministry life, I've I've known what it is to lead up, um, and not just in local church, but in in other uh, ministry contexts too. Um, When when I was thinking about this question, I was reminded of uh, the story of Nehemiah, and Nehemiah is a fascinating story. I'm sure many of us listening will be really familiar with the story of Nehemiah. And there was, a f- there was a few key points for me in that story that helped me understand how to lead up well. 
Um, and let me, let me just talk you through them real quick. Um, the first one for me is when you look at the story of Nehemiah, he gathered information. And, and, and often what can happen when, we, when we're leading up, we, can, we have a great idea, a grand idea, and we plow ahead and we run into it deep and full on into something, but we haven't gathered key information. And I think one of the things that's really important when you're leading up is do your homework. Do your homework well. If you've got an idea, gather the key information. Nehemiah gathered key information. I think if I remember the story right, it was his brother came and told him and passed on information. Nehemiah didn't even see the walls in Jerusalem. He was told and he gathered the right information, which informed the decisions that he began to get, began to make. And I think just having that space where you remove yourself and gather the right information is something I've found very helpful um, in various contexts when, I, when I've been leading up. Yeah, I, I love how Andy Stanley says, and he writes about the story of Nehemiah, and he says, investigate before you initiate. That's brilliant. Investigate yeah. before you initiate, and that's what you're talking about, isn't it? It is, yeah. uh, absolutely. It, it, it is, because you... I think you'll earn some brownie points or you'll put some money in the bank, um, if you like, by, by just gathering good information because you've shown yourself to do your homework yeah. um, rather than just run away with what might be a good idea. And it shows that your ideas are solid and substantiated ideas yeah. rather than just the latest thing that came to the top of your head. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it is. And it's got to be applicable to your context. You know, not <laughs> we all, we've all used off-the-shelf programs and they're, they're good and they can serve a purpose. But actually, it's got to be, it's, when you gather information, you're gathering it according to the context of which you're ministering as yeah. well. And, and then you can begin to apply um, things to it that yeah. begin to make sense in your context. That's right. So w- an example of that would be when we launched a, a new youth ministry uh, here in Malvern, Limitless Malvern. Before we did that, we did two things. We found out about the other youth ministries in the town and who they were reaching and who was engaging with them. And we gathered some young people together and did a focus group where we asked them about their lives and about their interests and about what they would engage with and wouldn't engage mm. with. And that really helped us with the youth ministry, but it also helped us to engage with the senior pastor and the eldership of the church and say, this is the research we've done. And so therefore, because we have investigated, we think therefore the youth ministry we will initiate should look like this. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I mean, and then there's a the next phase on from that because you don't want to just gather key information and have factual information. There's got to be a point when your heart's affected by this as well. Yeah. And and so when you you know when you lead up when you meet with your senior leader, you don't just go with with measured process or with facts. Go with passion. Great. You, you believe in what you're suggesting. You believe in the information you've resourced. You've yeah. there's a sense of passion. That's exactly what happened with the story of Nehemiah. His his heart. He still hadn't seen the walls. He hadn't seen the ruins. But yet in those moments, because of what he heard. His heart was affected, and it began to shape what he saw um, to, to happen in the future. And I think that's a really key moment because we, we can fall into the traps of, of having the right information and thinking, well, that's just the right way to go because of we've got the right information. The information tells us that's what we've got to do. But don't miss the key stage where your heart's affected. You begin to pray and seek God based on what you have found out and allow him to speak faith into that information, allow them to put a different, a different kind of um, perspective on that as well. That you seek out of those moments of just being in His presence and spending time with Him. Yeah. So this is great because we're talking about leading up, and the, what the passion does is, is passion is contagious. So passion it envisions yep. our senior leader, and the the data, the research substantiates it. So the the passion that we go with, that we lead up with, speaks to the heart of our 
senior leader and the the data we go with speaks to the mind of the senior leader and that's what it's about isn't it it is it is absolutely you know you're your, 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 your senior leader wants to see your passion. He wants to see your enthusiasm for something. And, and, and often if he sees that, he'll believe in you. <laughs> he, he, he'll, he'll really back you in those moments. Because at some point, they will also know as senior leaders their own moments when they felt like they've had passion to do something and they've gone for it. What your information does is it backs up your passion. That's right. It, ba- it backs it up. It gives weight to it. We've a slightly different context to youth ministry, but we, we've done that. We've, as a church, we felt that we need to make a big faith step and we're passionate about doing that. And, and we, we spoke to our leaders around us that this is the faith thing that we feel God's calling us to. But then we did our homework and we looked at the information and what we found was the information back to the thing that God was stirring within us. But first our hearts were affected and then we gathered information. Story of Nehemiah, it was, it was flipped. It was the other way around. I don't think it matters. I think the key in the early stages, particularly when you're leading up and you want to take your senior leader on a journey with you, is that you, first off, you gather information and secondly, you allow your heart to be affected by it. Fantastic. That that's absolutely brilliant. And I guess there will be youth leaders listening to this. Well, I don't guess there will be <laughs> youth leaders listening to this who have experienced the tension of having a vision for their youth ministry that is not supported by the senior leader or the senior leadership team. But what we're talking about here with leading up well is is actually um it dramatically minimizes the chance of that happening, doesn't it? Yeah. And part of the reason that we experience that tension in youth ministry is because we didn't lead up well. We, we had a full idea that we never consulted uh, with, that we just we didn't prepare our senior leadership teams for. We just put it on the table and says, said, this is what we're doing and we're already halfway down the road to making it happen. That is not good leading up. And actually, often the reason that we experience that tension is because we didn't lead up well. We didn't do the research. We didn't present with passion. We went on ahead too quickly. We didn't, and I think this is maybe another thing, involve our senior leaders in the discussion in the early stages in order to give input not just approval yeah isn't do do you think that's a key thing as well it it really is and i think you know in in this journey we we um we have to be careful there are there are many important factors to leading up i think one of the biggest factors is language it's our language and what can happen is we can we've got to be careful the words we speak in in those meetings that we go into with senior leaders and what can happen because you've done a journey personally you you've spent perhaps months thinking about this before you get a chance to speak to your senior leader about it when you go into that first introduction with your senior leader you can talk as if it is a done deal because you've been journeying so long with it yes and actually what you that that is just a simple thing of language You've just got to go in with the language of this is something I've been processing. This is something I've been thinking about. And I would love your input. Invite their input in those moments. They don't know that you've been six months or five months thinking it through. You you don't necessarily need to go into those details. But actually have that that sense of I'm inviting you into this conversation really early. Because what will happen, and this probably just broadens your question a little bit, is, is, is tension can often come about because we've not used good language, we've not invited the senior leader in early enough. But also, if we, if we jump ahead 
and we um, presume like this is a done deal, that this is going to go ahead. We're just after their approval. And actually, then the, there's a challenge for the senior leader of how does this work into the wider vision of the church? But if we invite them in earlier, what you'll find is the senior leader will help you find a clear and, and way a, cl- a, cl- a clear way of how this does fit into the wi- wider vision of the church. And they're the ones that actually, in some ways, it'll be the senior leader's responsibility to, to take some of the stuff that you're sharing, to take your idea, to take your, the faith step that you want to make and help you bring that in line with the wider vision of the church. And their experience sh- and maturity should be able to help you do that. So this is all. This is all, all, all really helpful, and uh, maybe we just recap quickly. Leading up well um, is about you, you, you investigate before you initiate. Yep. You you you've got data, you know, that you present. You talk with passion, and you envision with passion. You invite input, not just ask for approval, uh, and you seek to uh, make I- ensure that your vision serves the, the wider vision of the church. So we've talked about those four things, really. Um, but sometimes there can still be a head-to-head. Yeah. Uh, so for the youth leader who either, uh, if they were to be really honest with themselves, hasn't led up well, and therefore they found themselves in a situation where their vision um, is, is not being a- approved by the senior leadership team, or they have done all of those things and they've done their best to lead up well and involve the senior leadership team in the process and envision them for what they want to do. And they, there is still a, no, we don't think that's the right thing. And there is a, a, a clash of vision and there is a different perspective on the right direction for the youth ministry. The youth leader wants to take it in one direction. The senior leadership team don't think that's the right direction to go. What happens then? What do you do if you find yourself uh, for better or for worse, you find yourself in that situation. Before, before I unpack that a little bit, let me let me just say this: it's it's the responsibility of you to clearly understand the vision of the local church. Yeah, it's your responsibility to you know if there is a vision statement, a mission statement, if there are key values, it's important that you clearly understand those. If you're not sure, talk to your senior leader, take him out for a coffee, say, "Help me." understand these things because often tension can come about purely just because of misunderstanding and so i think that that would be something that'd be really important now if 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 you've done all those things and then like tim says there is still that head-to-head that tension and whatever you seem to try and do it just you're met with disapproval rather than approval um by your senior leader there has to become a point where there's an honest conversation um with your senior leader now Having an honest conversation, having an honest conversation can be two different things. The, the, way I would, the way I would approach that in those moments is I would sit down and clarify the senior leader's expectations of me. So yeah. I would almost go back to basics a little bit. If I've tried two or three things and, I've been, and they've not been granted or I've not found the support that I've wanted, I would want to go back to my senior and say, hey, I would just like some clarity on what your clear expectations are of my role. And and in that process, and I, I've had a few of those conversations. I've had a few of those conversations that have been from my senior leader to me, but also I've had with people who are on my team. And out of that conversation of those expectations, you're looking for clarity on not just the expectations, but also what are some of the key that we. There's a term that often is used in kind of staff management and things about key result areas. You know, what are the what are the key results? What's the key places of fruit that you want to see me? 
me grow or our youth ministry grow, our youth ministry grow. And, and actually, you get something down on paper that, that, that's measurable um, yeah, that you helpful. can begin to tick off. And, and, and almost even you can take that a step further. And again, this comes down to you initiating. Don't always wait for your senior leader to initiate something. If you're struggling under this, be the one who takes the initiative and begins to shape this conversation with your senior leader. And when you've, be, you know, you might say, right, I want to come out with three things that between now and the end of the year that we want to improve or grow in our youth ministry. And you can go in with some ideas yourself, but begin press the senior leader to begin to shape that with you. And again, it's all part of them being on that journey. And I think what you'll find is if you invite them on the journey early enough, if you share those tensions, if you get some key result areas, you'll begin to find that actually the tension won't be there and because you've involved them in a journey. Um, with 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 you, yeah, that that's really helpful. And and what's what's going off in my mind a little bit is, do you think, Carl, that there's ever a point where you can't find a resolution, and it's just not working, and you should leave? Is there ever is there ever that point? And if there is that point, how do you know when you've reached it? It's a really difficult one. Um, I would say yes, those points can come. Um, um, I experienced that a year ago, a youth leader who worked on staff for us, and they got to a point when we weren't seeing eye to eye. Um, their vision or their picture of youth ministry was very different to how I pictured it. Um, and But we had had plenty of conversations in the lead-up to that. I think that's the key. If you're just reacting to one decision... Then and and you're going to leave on one decisions. That's that wouldn't say that's a clever move. That's wisdom. Um, yeah. I think you, there's got to be a lead up to that to that decision and 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 a, and, a, and a succession of journey that you're on that leads you to that point. Yeah. Also, you've got to get the wisdom of people around you. You know, th- th- there could be a point when actually you need to realize you might just be wrong. <laughs> yes. And 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 you need some sharper thinking or some teaching, um, or input from other people to help you get a more clearer vision of how to work some of this stuff out um so so there's got to be a journey in that process yeah yeah and like it's uh, i've I've heard it said don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion yeah you know so you know once you get somebody says no to you and you feel really wound up about it and then you say right i'm leaving uh based on one just one thing that happened that's 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 not a good way to go that's a that's a bad decision it yep. needs to be something that happens over time yes but but also going right back to your first point i do think that as a youth leader you need to be in an environment where you can be yourself so i, I i'm imagining myself okay in a context and my my great passion is seeing people who don't know jesus come to faith you know my, my whole my ho- my whole heart burns you know for helping those who are far from god discover full life through jesus and i'm imagining uh, i i'm imagining w- what would i do if i was in a in a in a church and you know hopefully before i'd taken an employment i would have done what you said which is to uh, try and understand the vision of the church and actually to think can i use my gifts and can i be myself because if i can then I just don't take the job, even if I'm offered it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't take the job based on the, the pay packet or the hours, where well, at least we should, we should take it, <laughs> but based on the vision and can we be ourselves here and can we 
can we be the person that God's created us to be and do the thing that God's created us to do here? But we do know, and you've e- or explained it already, that you might be in a church uh, where you've got a really good r- relationship with the senior leader and that senior leader leaves and you stay and a new senior leader comes in and there's a new vision for the church. I'm imagining if it was me and they c- and a new leader came in and they said, well, listen, we're not a- any kind of missional stuff, any kind of outreach stuff. We're not going to do that anymore. We're just going to focus on Bible teaching and discipleship and we're going to really strengthen the people that we've got here. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I'd, I'd go. I couldn't do it because I wouldn't be able to be true to myself. It's not because that vision would be bad necessarily, but because I just couldn't, I couldn't, I would, I would just, you know, wither away in that environment because I couldn't, going back to your first point, I couldn't be true to myself and the passions and the gifts that God has given me. And I I hear what you're saying and, and, and I agree with that. I think the other perspective or the other side of that is, you know, often when a new senior leader comes in, there will be an emphasis that they want to have that they'll have for a season. Yes. And so, so when they arrive, it might feel like this could be a forever thing. But I think actually have have patience too. Very good. Be, because yeah. um, when a new senior leader comes in, th- there's a lot of things that come with that. There's, there's they've, they've got a, a new church to begin to understand, a new group people group to begin to understand, a new town to, to learn about. There's culture that's there that there's culture, there's good culture, there's bad culture, there's all sorts of things that they're trying to work through. And so actually they need a focus yeah. and a determined focus to let them th- to give them grace through that season. Yes. So you might be on team and you've got a new senior leader and, and they're coming in, they've got a new emphasis that actually is not you. You 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 don't subscribe to that, that's not your passion. I would say give grace to that season. Don't make rash decisions. Yeah. Because actually you might find in six months' time they'll have a very different perspective yeah. based on what they've learned about the church environment, about the team that they have on staff. Yeah, that's and good. it also gives you it gives you time to understand them and for them to understand you. And in those, you know, let's say six months, you'll get to understand their passion as a senior leader. You'll get to they'll get to understand your passion as a youth leader or as a member of the team. So I think for, for when just going on the situation you described there, I think for a new senior leader coming, they can be transitions tough. Yeah. I've done transition a number of times. Transition never gets easier. Despite the more times you do it, transition never gets easier. Um, and I think it's just, again, what Tim said earlier on, don't, don't make permanent decisions on a temporary emotion or, or a temporary situation um, that's happening. Give yourself time Good. to see those things through. Brilliant. Carl, there's just so much wisdom in what you've said to us today. And I, I really think, you know, youth leaders listening, they're going to have to listen to this one twice and, and, and make some notes because there's some really, really helpful stuff there uh, about leading up, about building healthy relationships. So thank you, Carl. Uh, great just to get the perspective as well from the from the senior leader and the perspective of the youth worker to know that you understand where we're all at as youth workers, but you have that perspective from the senior pastor as well. Thank you uh, for taking the time to be with us. No problem. On the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Great. Thank you. Goodbye. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that the Limitless Leadership Podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry. So email us at info at limitlesselam.co.uk to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss. Stay in touch with us on social media. We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or however you get your podcast. See you next time.